Greetings, and welcome to the Super Life Show with Pastor Joshua Lockett. In this podcast, Pastor Josh encourages us to live supernaturally through the power of the Holy Spirit by teaching practical biblical principles that will unleash the power that is inside of you. Let's tune in to this week's message. Today, I want to start and I want to continue somewhat on the the subject of success, but I believe that it's imperative, and I believe I'm probably going to be on this for the rest of the year as well, that if we're going to talk about success, it is about hearing the voice of God, which I'll talk about on Tuesday night, but it's also important that we have an understanding about the cross of Calvary. Amen? Because you really cannot be as successful as you are called to be until you come into a greater understanding of the cross of Jesus. It's not just something we hang around our neck. It is the power of God unto salvation. It's not just a religious icon or symbol. It will transform you. It will heal you. It will deliver you. It will forgive you. It will raise you up. It will change mindsets. It will bring peace to your mind. It will bring joy to your heart. It is the power of God. God unto salvation. And so many times we can think that the cross is just relegated to our first time converting to the Lord. No, brothers and sisters, we must come back to the cross and stay at the cross and, and hide under the cross and be delivered at the cross and say, Lord, I still ain't got it. So I'm coming back to the cross until I'm walking in a hundred percent of what you pay for. I'm going to keep, are y'all, come on. Is there anybody that said I'm not at a hundred percent yet and I gotta keep coming back to the cross so with that being said I'm not gonna try to preach too much amen we're gonna talk about the cross amen the gospel of Jesus Christ is a, is an aka so when we look at this you know we go to Romans 1 verse 16 say Romans 1 verse 16 so let's get started we're not gonna finish all this today amen and leaders, we do meet after service, and we will have a little activity going on. So um, I know you got on your church clothes. We're going to move a little bit, so get ready to move in your church clothes. Amen. So it says, for I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work. Hallelujah. It is the power. Say it is the power. Come on, say it again. Say it is the power. Come on, say it one more time. Say it is the power of God at work is saving everyone who believes the Jew first and also the Gentile, the Jew first and also the Gentile. Aren't you thankful that he put the Gentiles in there? Because I know I'm a Gentile, amen? So I thank God for that. This is in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8. It says, excuse me, verse 18, it says, the message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know it is the very what? It's the very power of God. Say power of God. But we who are being saved know. Say they know question is, what do you know about the cross? Because I believe that our power gauge will only be as strong as what we what, know about the cross. Go back up to verse 17. It says, for Christ didn't send me to baptize, but to preach the good news or gospel, and not with clever speech for fear that the cross of Christ would do what? It would lose its power. So the way the cross is presented will determine how much power is released in your life. Are y'all with me? So basically, the more, Colossians 1.6, you can go there as well. The more, say this with me, say, the more I understand the cross, the more I can walk in the power of it. Say, the more I understand the cross, the more I can walk in the power of it. Come on, say it after me. Say, the more I understand the cross, the more I can walk in the power of it. Colossians 1, 
verse 6 says this. This, is, this same good news that comes to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives just as it changed your lives from the first day you did what? From the day you first heard and what? Understood the what? Truth. Say the truth about God's wonderful grace. Whew. So that means that my level of transformation will be dependent on my level of understanding. Y'all with me? So anybody who wants to see transformation in their life, because the foundation is the cross, we must say we must understand the cross. Now, I believe it is an issue today that we can look. I'm a millennial, so I'll use social media example. We can look at somebody's page, and they can profess Jesus, but they never talk about the blood. They never talk about the power of God, salvation, the gospel. It's just all about God being first, but you're doing everything before him. And we have to be careful that when we, when we come into the relationship with God, we realize that there is no way to the Father but through the work of Calvary. Your charisma will not bring you to the Father. Your personality will not bring you to the Father. You can be spiritual but not religious, but just being spiritual will not bring you to the Father. How many people even in today's generation say, I am a spiritual person, but I'm not a religious person. In other words, I have spiritual in inclinations. I believe that there's a higher power. And if we're not careful in the church, it's going to be a higher power that's going to be taking you to hell. Because the devil is a higher power than you, but he can lead you straight to hell. And what I, what I think may be happening is that we're making up a God we want to serve, not rather than allowing God to make us up the way he wants us to serve him. And so what we have is a God we have created, which is nothing more than an idol. We make up how we get to God. So we want to live how we want to live. We'll do it, but it's okay because we don't understand the cross. We don't understand it is the starting point. You can't get in except you've been connected to the cross. And I don't just mean heaven. You can't get into everything that he has for you until you connect to the cross. The Bible talks about, Paul talks about in the scriptures, he says, he says there is a different Jesus and there is a different spirit. I believe this, that in this day and time, we are seeing the spirit. And for those of you, I'll, I'll teach you more if you just stay with me. If you come for one Sunday, you're not going to grasp everything I'm saying. I'm just telling you that now. So just stay with me. You got to keep coming back. But there is a spirit of Antichrist. Let me tell you what that spirit does. The spirit of the Antichrist does not negate the existence of Jesus. It negates the truth about Jesus. You didn't hear what I said. I said it does, not, it's not, it does not negate the presence of Jesus. It negates the truth about Jesus. It will talk about Jesus, but it won't be the Jesus of the Bible. So that's why, that's why when someone says, I'm listening to so-and-so's music and they quote Jesus, it's not enough. Demons will quote Jesus. Demons will quote Jesus, but that doesn't mean demons are delivered. That doesn't mean they're on their way to heaven. That doesn't mean they're supporting the king kingdom of God. Just because you can say Jesus does not mean that you're in the kingdom of light. You can be in the Y'all ain't with me. I'm Y'all remember when that demon, and I'm going somewhere. Y'all remember that demon in Acts 19? He came against the seven sons of Sceva. What did the demon in him say? Paul, I know. See, people say, if, they, if you just say the name of Jesus, devils, no, devils, some devils can say Jesus. What they won't say is Jesus is Lord. That's a different story. Because Jesus is Lord means he's ruler, he's master. They won't say that, but they'll say Jesus. So he said, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. He said, but who are you? And they beat him up. Okay. So the spirit of Antichrist what it does is it talks about Jesus, but it talks about Jesus in a false way. Go look at uh, the Spirit. Said, the Spirit of Antichrist comes in and says that, that Jesus did not come in a real body. I, it's amazing today, and I'm getting back, trust me, I'm going to get back to the cross. It's amazing that you can look 
and, and just go through and type in fasting in a YouTube search bar. And when you type in fasting in a YouTube search bar, you can't automatically assume this is Christian fasting. I'm going to tell you this. Be very careful. Because you, you listen to somebody talk about fat. You know, can I argue this? Witches fast. And by the way, some of y'all, the reason why it's so crazy for you this month, and you say, why is it so crazy this month in October? Because let me suggest something to you. There are witches that are fasting and they're praying right now. And that's why some of you, even at work, you've been going through so much craziness because in this month of October, they think it's their month, but the devil is a liar. We breaking that up in Jesus' name. Jesus reigns. The Holy Spirit reigns. The, the, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. This is the day that the Lord has... But well, we won't go into that because some people might not believe witches are real. How many of you had to, let's watch this. How many of you had to really fight this week? Raise your hand. Okay. And I'm not saying you don't ever have, I mean, it's, you, you get days off. But what I'm saying, sometimes things intensify. And I believe this is a very intense month. Depression. I don't feel like doing it. Where's my motivation? Say your neighbor today, he's called out. He's called out. So when you feel that, you got to just discern and say, oh, I'm going to fight harder now. All right, I say all that. Come back. So if the enemy can remove the truth about Jesus and the truth about the cross, he can actually diminish the power that the church walks in. Because to the level you understand the cross is the level that you'll understand the power of it and receive the power of it. So that means that as a Christian, you can be someone that is truly saved, but you just don't live like it because it takes his power. My dad would say this, what God requires, requires God, and God gives us power to do what he's called us to do. That's why when we're talking about possessing the promised land, conquering the giants, all of that happens now in the new covenant because of the cross of Jesus. It's through the power of God that has been released. We don't have to depend on our own ability, but God gives us ability by the power of his Holy Spirit and by the power of the blood of Jesus. Come on, just give a shout of praise right there for that. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we have victory and we have power through the cross of Jesus. So it's very important. My dad would say like this, you can't get saved right on wrong information. Let me just add on to that. You can't get delivered right on wrong information. You can't get healed right on wrong information. You got to have the right information to walk in what God has for you. Amen. So today we're going to take an opportunity to go through the scriptures, and what it concerns as it relates to the cross of Jesus Christ. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 9, verse 16. Today we're going to talk about the benefits of Jesus' death. Amen. Now, if you don't know, the cross is three phases. It's the death of Jesus, or the gospel of Jesus is three phases. It's the death of Jesus, it's the burial of Jesus, and it's the resurrection of Jesus. So the cross is not just about him dying, it's about him resurrecting. Today we're talking about the death, say the death. Somebody said, wait a minute, it's not Easter. You shouldn't be talking about this. That's the problem. We only talk about it on Easter. There's, the gospel should be talked about every day of the year. Thank God for the claps. Y'all don't be mad at me. But tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, there's more for you. There's more for you. Say, God's got more planned for you. And the cross helps us to walk in it. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 16, it says, Now when someone leaves a what? It is what? I had to do a turnaround on that. Now when someone leaves a will, it is necessary to prove that the person is what? That person who made it is dead. Now, now okay, we'll break off into this. So has 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 anyone ever experienced, maybe in their family, that when uh, Big Mama so-and-so or Uncle Bubba or whoever who has a lot of, how many of you ever had family members that had a lot of dough? Y'all know what dough is? Money. 
No, brother, no. They had a lot of money. They were loaded financially. Okay. And, and, and sometimes what people have a tendency to do is when they, <coughs> when they realize Uncle so-and-so or Uncle Bob about to go see Jesus, they were nowhere to be found. Now, I need to be careful about this because I know some people have been hurt by this, but, but y'all know what can happen, right? So they, 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 I mean, children you didn't know you had, they say, I'm your spiritual child. You don't remember that? They come out everywhere. And then people that said, you just impacted me so much. You remember what you said when I was four years? You, maybe you were a teacher. You remember what you said when I was in first grade? You said, whatever you want, I can have it. Just ask me for it. You know, they come back up. It's just, it's just like when a, a, a young man, uh, they, they call him people's names for the draft, and they call a young man's name, and, and the person who might have been his dad, nowhere to be found. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And he said, hey, son, how you doing? I'm not saying it happened, but what if it happened? You know what I'm saying? And it's like, son's like, well, I've been, where were you in AAU games and all that kind of stuff? He said, I was here. I just, I, it's just things coming up. I could never get, and, and, but they realize that there's going to be, there's going to be a transference of some type of wealth. So they get in position to get it. Y'all with me? So going back to the situation with Uncle, Uncle Bubba, Uncle Bubba's about to, about to leave the earth and go on and see Jesus. And so everybody's getting around Uncle Bubba and saying, Uncle Bubba, you know, you my favorite uncle. Then the next one comes, no, you know you my favorite, and you know I'm your favorite nephew. Then another one says, no, you know I'm your favorite niece. What are they trying to do? They're trying to get in good with Uncle Bubba so that when he breathed his last breath, there's something that he put in, their, in his what? In his will for them. So they're trying to make sure that they get everything good with Uncle Bubba before he leaves this earth so that when he die, there can be a transaction made. Tell your neighbor, neighbor that ain't right. It ain't right at all. So it says, now when someone leaves a will, it is necessary to prove that the what? Who made it is what? Is dead. It says, verse 17, it says the will, and this is the, this is the critical part. The Bible says the will goes into what? How? You're not getting this. So in other words, that if the person is alive, it's null and void. So it's only when that person dies that those millions that got stored up for you are transferred into your bank account. And by the way, let me say this to y'all. Your biggest break in life financially should not be because of the death of a loved one. You shouldn't be waiting for somebody to die to get ahead financially. What are you doing right? Never mind. Okay, we go back up. That the will goes into effect only after the what? Person's death. While the person who made it is what? The will cannot be what? Let's read this in the Amplified. Amplified. It says, for a will and testament is valid and takes effect only at death, since it has no what? Or what? Say power. Or legal power, as long as the one who made it is alive. So then it goes into verse 18 in the New Living Translation, and it says this. <clears throat> that is why even the first covenant was what? With the what? Okay, stop. So the blood of the animal and the old covenant, as I taught, uh, covenant means agreement. Covenant can also mean contract. So we know good and well that in any contract that it is null and void until there is a signature. Y'all with me? You got a business contract, is they can tell you all that they're going to pay you billions every month. But it is null and void if they never sign it. If, you, if somebody tells you you get an NBA contract, NFL contract, they say, we're going to give you this, they're going to give you this, we're going to give you this. Nike calls you up. They call, let's say Nike calls up your pastor and says, we, we want to have you on, just do it. I say, the Lord is leading me that way. Amen. I'm going to just do it. That's prophetic. 
And we're going to pay you a million every day. I receive it. Amen, Lord. Thank you for it. Then you have people saying, that ain't right. The pastor shouldn't be getting. What? No, that ain't. You ain't right. Amen. You ain't right talking like that. So I go to just Nike. Nike, just do it. Oh, I'm a, I've heard, I wore your shoes for awesome shoes, blessed shoes. Amen. Saying all the right things, eating the food they give you. You know how you do because you want to make the deal. Amen. The food ain't that good, but you tell them it's, yeah, it's awesome. The food is great, great, great. So you're sitting down, you say, really, you shouldn't do that because that's lying, but you get what I'm saying. So then, so then you, you keep moving, and they, they say, okay. You get to the point, they say, hey, we're going to do this for you. We're going to take care of all your expenses in your house. Da, da, da. I say, thank I start shouting, having, having a praise break, call my mom. Mom, what they saying? They're going to do all this stuff, man. <laughs> and then everybody like, this is what Bishop always wanted. And, all, you know, people start, and they and they talk. And then, so we turn it around and fall down. We don't have throw cloths, so we, but we still good. So then we stay. Y'all know what throw cloths off. You just stay around, hang around. So, so everybody's excited. And then we get excited, we get so excited, and we just run right out the door. And then you start looking, you say, now, I thought they said a check should be in the mail like today. Ain't no check in the mail. You know why? Because there hasn't, there's not been a signature. It's not been put into effect. So what Jesus did was that all the promises that were spoken over us in the, in the covenant when Jesus died and when he shed his blood, his blood was the signature for the contract that God had over our life. So everything God said about us was now put into effect. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus. Are you not thankful for the blood that signed into effect God's will for our life? So that's why the blood was so critical, because it signed the deal. It's, oh, it's signed the deal. Not your intellect. It was his blood that signed the deal. So the blood of Jesus did that. But this is the point that I want to give you. First of all, that his death, number one, it ended the old covenant and it started the new covenant. It counseled the old covenant and started the new covenant. Sometimes, those of you will see this, that sometimes when you get into a contract, whether it's a phone contract, and they might not have a lot of this now, Sometimes in order to end the old contract, what do you have to do? You got to do, oh, y'all preaching, y'all preaching. Somebody says you got to buy out. In other words, it's a cancellation fee. Y'all ain't talking to me. So when Jesus was on the cross hanging, he was paying our cancellation fee. So in other words, he said, I'm going to counsel you out of this country. Y'all ain't with me. I know you can't fulfill it anyway. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to counsel you out of this thing by my blood so you can move into. Aren't you excited about the cross of Jesus? That he. So Jesus, he paid the cancellation fee so that we can get out of the old one and get into the what? The new one. So I don't have to get a shofar anymore to praise the Lord. Not that he made him do it, but I don't have I don't have to put things on my head and look like an old Jewish to, 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 to feel God's presence. I got something over me that's better than the prayer shawl. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. I don't need to look like a Jewish man. I could be as black as all get out. But as long as I've been washed by the blood of Jesus with my black self, he will receive me. That's what happens because people start saying, well, let me study what they did in the old covenant. No, 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 homie. That stuff was counseled. There's some stuff that carried through, but, but there was some stuff that was canceled. So that's why we got to study what ended at the cross, what made it through the cross, what began at the cross. That's another story. You see, Brother Brian, I can't be doing too much preaching. We got we to get to our... So we realize that his death is already, is already doing some good. His, his death is putting into effect the will of God for our lives. His death is putting into effect... The covenant, and it's also simultaneously counseling out the old covenant. So now when Peter comes up on the scene, he says, Lord, you know, the Lord is talking to Peter, Acts chapter 10. And there used to be a law about eating. So he says, he says, 
it was a Jewish, really, you could say it's a Jewish custom. He says, it is, but it's kind of law too many. But anyway, he's, he's sitting there, he's on the roof praying, and there's a sheet that's opened up to him in a vision. And he sees different animals. The Bible doesn't say what animals that he sees, but I, get, I bet you it was a pig there. And so the Lord says, kill and eat. And he says, no, I'll never do that, Lord. I'll never do that. And the Lord told him, he says, stop calling unclean what I've made clean. And that's how you get the pig in the blanket. <laughs> but this, what does that say? That means that you're free to eat your pig, but just pray before you eat it. Amen. See, these things, see, Jesus, and that's not the only thing. See, this thing, when Jesus died on the cross, he paid the cancellation fee for a contract that we could not handle. So he had to bring us into his contract. When he brings us into his contract, it's all about what he's done, not about what we've done. But our goal in the new contract is to stay submitted to him who's in the contract so that we can receive the blessings of that contract. Y'all ain't talking to me. Are you not thankful for Jesus, the negotiator and mediator of our new contract that gives us better promises than the old covenant? I don't have to go back to the old covenant because I got a better covenant. Talking about the cross, say the cross. So number one, his death counsels out the old covenant and begins a new covenant for us. He has paid the cancellation fee. He has paid the cancellation fee. And in marriage, there's this term I believe called is 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 bigamy. Am I saying it right? Yeah. And bigamy basically says you cannot marry someone new if you're still married to the old person. See, that's why Jesus legally had to end the old covenant because we couldn't be married to two covenants at one time. Y'all ain't hearing me today. So what he had to do was he had to put us to death to the old. So we would no longer have to be obligated in marriage to that person. Like we say until death, what? All right, so that means that we had, it was only death that would cause us to be, y'all ain't with me, that would deliver us from the law. That's why Paul says, don't be entangled again to the yoke of slavery. In other words, what are you talking about? The law, don't be entangled again. God has caused a divorce to come in your life. Why? Because he's caused a death. What we try to do is resurrect it. Say neighbor, say neighbor, he's counseled it. The only separation, I really shouldn't even say divorce because it's, it's just separation that comes that God really backs is the separation through death. To death do us part. When your spouse in the natural dies, now you're free to marry anyone that you desire to marry. Amen. And so it's the same way. So what happened was when Jesus died on the cross, we died with him. So that means we no longer had to be married to the old covenant. Say the old covenant is gone. The new covenant has begun. Amen. So his death is powerful. Say his death is powerful. Amen. Amen. Number two, and this goes along with him delivering us from the old covenant. Jesus, through his death, has freed us from condemnation condemnation. Wow. What does it mean to be condemned? Hebrews 6 verse 8. What does it mean to be condemned? Hebrews 6 verse 8. It says, but if a field bears thorns and thistles, it is useless. The Bible says the farmer will soon what? Condemn that field and he will burn it. Why does he condemn the field? Because it's useless or it's fruitless. Are y'all with me? It's unproductive. So when we talk about the word condemned, one of the meanings for being under condemnation means that we are, that we are fruitless or we are useless. Now, if you read, and I'm not going through it all today, but if you read in the book of Romans 7, you'll see where Paul is going through this struggle. He's saying, when I wanted to do right, I did wrong. In other words, he was useless in, in, in regards to fulfilling all the commands that God has spoken. As I said earlier, my dad would say, what God requires, requires God. See, some people think living out this Christian walk is about my personality. It's not about your personality. Are you with me? 
You got a good, I could tell you a Christian, you got a nice person. No, 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 no. God can take people with the most grimiest personalities and change them. It has nothing to do with your personality and your charisma. It has everything to do with the blood that dripped from Calvary. Are y'all with me on today? So the, 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 the cross is about putting your old man to death so that the new man can rise. But that's another story. But go back to condemnation. So condemn means that something is useless. It means that something is fruitless. It can also mean that something is guilty. Say guilty. Say guilty. Okay. So when, when the Bible says in Romans 8 verse 1, now therefore there is no condemnation for those that are in who? So what does that mean? That if you're outside of Christ, there is condemnation. What I think about it, I think about, you know, it was raining yesterday. And what did everybody bring? They brought an umbrella. What did they bring an umbrella for? Right? So they, as long as you, and a lot of times women have this anointing, they have 100 umbrellas in their car. Amen. You know why? Well, some of the women do because some women say, I'm natural. I don't, they don't care about the rain. So, but they, they, put, they put the umbrellas in their car to protect their, their, their what? And most men don't really care, especially if men, you know, you don't have too much on your head. So you, you go out, and they had an umbrella on so that when they're under the, the, the rain doesn't stop, but the umbrella just what? Blocks it. But as soon as you step out from under the covering, condom, what? Rain is waiting for you. And that's how it is with the cross. As soon as you step out from under the cross, condemnation and judgment is waiting for you. Jesus said, anyone who hasn't believed in me has, is already condemned. So faith is getting under the umbrella. When we believe in Jesus, we get under the umbrella. And everywhere around us, everybody else being condemned and being judged. But because we are under the umbrella of his grace, what was supposed to come to us is blocked because of the umbrella. Let me tell you what the umbrella is in our life. The umbrella is the cross of Jesus Christ. We should have been destroyed. We would have been destroyed. We could have been destroyed. But God's mercy and grace, because of his mercies, we were not consumed. How many of you are thankful today because of the umbrella of the blood of Jesus that protects us? Yeah. Yeah, I'm under the umbrella. Tell your neighbor, neighbor I'm under the umbrella. What's going to be so amazing is that when people are being judged, I bet you everybody that's a believer is going to say, but God. They're going to say, if it had not been for God, I would have ended up in the lake of fire too. But God. The Bible says our righteousness is like filthy rags. I gave millions and millions to charity. That's filthy if you're not washed by the blood of Jesus. I help out homeless people all the time. That's, that's great. But that's filthy if you have not been washed by the blood of Jesus. Watch this. I fast and pray and quicken. But that's filthy if you're not washed by the blood of Jesus. It's almost like trying to spray cologne over must. <laughs> I don't shower, I just spray. <laughs> I got some expensive cologne too. It could be $300, but if you don't shower, homeboy, that joint's still going to be on fire. Going to be smelling creed and must at the same time. So number one, he delivered us from the old covenant, brought us into new covenant. He counseled out the old covenant. Number two, he freed us from condemnation. condemnation. So condemnation means that you're useless, which I believe a lot of people, we all, even as believers, can struggle with condemnation. We struggle with guilt. And I would say that a couple of things that happens when we are struggling, a couple of signs that we're struggling with this is that we don't run to God, we run from God. And when Adam and Eve sinned, they ran from God. In Genesis chapter 3, the Bible says that they were ashamed at their, what, their nakedness. So 
it obviously could not just be that they were naked because they were already naked, but they weren't ashamed until after they what? Sin. And so they felt rejected when they sinned. That's why sometimes uh, people, you know, people say, well, when you get in the presence of God, there's fullness of joy. Not all the time. Some people, when they feel the presence of God, they get uncomfortable. Let me say this to you. And this goes, and I'll just, I will give a little chime in for hearing God's voice. Sometimes we're so desperate to hear God's voice and we miss it because we're looking for God to say a certain thing. And so when God tells us, you need to clean up that relationship that you have, we say the devil is a liar. And God says, I'm speaking to you right now, but you don't want to hear it. So what happens is it's the same way with the presence of God. I'm here right now with you. But this is like this. It's like, i put it like this. Sometimes single parents face this because single parents still who desire marriage, they face this issue. They go out and they start dating someone and they get to know them. And the person that they're dating begins to have a problem because they like the person that they're sitting across the table from. But sometimes they, they have an issue with taking in the full package. You didn't get what well, you're not getting how I'm teaching this. Let me step back here. So they like Shakika. <laughs> but they don't like Nene, her daughter. And they don't like Boo Boo, her son, who looked just like her. <laughs> so they are in, listen to me closely, listen to me closely. They are in love with Shakika. They could take her out every day of the year. But they can't stand Nene and Boo Boo. So they love a part of her, but they don't love all of her. So when God, okay, stay calm. So when God moves into a room, he comes with all, y'all not with me. He comes with his holiness. He comes with his grace. He comes with his mercy. He comes with his righteousness. So you can't just love his mercy, but not love his holiness. You can't, y'all not with me. You can't just love his kindness, but not love his justice. You got to love all of God. And the problem with the church sometimes is that we want a part of God, but not all of God. And so we say, I don't feel the presence of God. You do. He, he's convicting you today. Because it's a relationship. Some days you talk to people, they're not always smiling and cheesy. But you don't leave them. So sometimes, I, and, I, and I say this, sometimes I have to learn that when I go to prayer, and sometimes I don't want to pray after I do something stupid because I know I'm going to have to face God. But I know he's merciful. At least if I die, he can resurrect me. Amen. So I go in. Yeah, I did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you try to go around and justify it. That's what you try to do. Try to well, they did me wrong, though. They did me wrong. Because as a pastor, you got a lot of opportunities to be angry. And, 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 and you go and face them, you get, hallelujah. He said, yep, uh-huh, but deal with that before you say amen one more time. No, God, that ain't your voice. That's the devil's voice. You got three voices. One, he said, no, that's my voice. Release them. You know, that's what keeps people out of church. Because every time they come in, his presence comes. They say, that's, I just feel so condemned. It's not condemned, honey. It's conviction. And when he comes, he's going to come with his love and mercy, but he loves you. And the Bible says the Father disciplines those whom he what? He loves. He corrects them. And so with his, with his healing, with his mercy comes correction. But Adam and Eve, when they sinned, they ran from the Lord. They separated from him. And I believe that's what condemnation was due. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, it says we can come boldly in, into his presence. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you one of the signs you know you're free from condemnation is that you are comfortable in the presence of God. You are, you're not uneasy. You're not, you're comfortable in the presence of God. If, if you keep on reading the story I read to you earlier today about Luke chapter 5, 
with Peter, and I've got to close, you realize that after Jesus performed the miracle where he brought in the net-breaking catch, Peter said, I'm too much of a sinner. He got convicted in the presence of Jesus. He said, I am a sinner. You know, sometimes it's good to get in those moments because you know that when you get in those moments, all you got to do is just ask, Lord Jesus, so forgive me. I've messed up. You're crying. You're saying, I give myself away so you can use me. And he's saying, just repent. You say, Lord, forgive me. And the Bible says he is faithful and just to forgive you from all. I'm so glad there's a name above other, every other name that I can call on when I blow it, when I make a mistake that will wash my slate clean. And how many of us, even as believers, even after praying that the devil still lies to us and say, you're not forgiven. God's still holding that against you. See, a lot of people, I, I even think about some of the people, people think about the people that have been abused. What about the abuser? Think about the guilt and condemnation he has to deal with or she. See, it's quiet because some people don't even want to forgive them. How are you going to be sectional in your grace? They deserve a spot there. No, everybody deserves a spot. The molester, every, everybody, the liar, the little white liar, everybody deserves a spot in the lake of fire. But the mercy of God has been released on our behalf. The rapist, the terrorist. Paul was a terrorist. You didn't want to see Paul come to your church. He'd have AK-47s and everything. Y'all get on y'all knees. You believe in Jesus? Oh, pow. Paul was that man. ISIS, you ain't no ISIS till you met Paul. But God got him. God got a hold of him and changed his life. See, that's the power of the cross. We're not talking about personality-driven messages. We're talking about power. We're not talking about doing what Grandma told you to do. We're talking about the blood of Jesus, the grace of God changing you, okay? So when a, when a building is about to be destroyed, before it's destroyed, it's always condemned. That means it's, it's declared unfit for use. So it means it's useless. And a lot of us sometimes, even as believers, I believe this is where I'm going to settle before we close. We go through life praising God. We go through life even giving. And some of us even do more for God, not through love, but through condemnation. <clears throat> and what we have is a spiritual chip on our shoulder. So what we missed in our sin, we try to make up for in action. So we try to make the business as big as possible. We try to get as much money as possible. We're overdoing it with our spouse. And the spouse keeps telling you that I love you. I care for you. You're good. You're good. You say, no, but I got to do more. Why? Because you feel useless. How many spouses never feel good enough? You know why? Because they're still trying to make up for a sin Jesus already paid for. And what you'll find out is that as we try, the Bible says our righteous filthy, filthy racks, as we continue, as we continue to try to make up for what he's already paid for, we'll find ourselves hitting, hitting the ground face forward every single time. Man, I did it again. Man, because you have not moved into freedom in your conscience. See, one of the things that happens when you're free from guilt or condemnation, your faith is strengthened. How are you going to have faith in a God to heal and deliver and you're struggling with condemnation? Because you don't even believe he's forgiving you. How are you going to believe him for the breakthrough in your business if you believe he hates you right now? It can, it can affect your faith. So then you have people, and then sometimes, can I be honest as I close? Sometimes church people make it worse. Because not only does the devil accuse them, but... Mother so-and-so. Now, baby, I only say it because I love you. And she started throwing rocks. So then you know what that person does? They say, I don't, feel, I don't feel right here. I can't get any love. So what they do? They hit the door. They're gone. Instead of coming in and being transformed. Because the same blood that saved mother so-and-so who'd been in the church all her life it's the same blood 
It's telling them, saying that it's the same blood that can deal with every other situation. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm a PK. I grew up in the church, four walls. But I know that it ain't because of Joshua that I'm saved. It's because of the blood of Jesus. So how many of us today, as we close, we still struggle with guilt? You can't fast it away, per se. You can't, you can't try to give it away. You know, in one faith, they believe in a sense. I think there was one idea. If you give money, you get people out of hell. It ain't no getting people out of stuff through your giving. No. There's only one gift that gets you out of it. It's the blood of Jesus. And I believe, as every head about, every eyes closed, that the devil can cripple you. You talk about conquer giants. How are you going to conquer a giant when you feel condemned? Because they'll keep putting you in a corner and telling you, did you see what you did 10 years ago? Did you see what you did 20 years ago? You can never be useful for the kingdom of God. So then it brings a spirit of fear, which then can move into a spirit of rebellion, which then moves into a place of witchcraft. Why? Because you, you are not free in your mind. See, the blood of animals made them ceremonially cling, but the blood of Jesus makes our conscience cling. And even though they were practicing these things, in a sense, they are, their consciences were not free from the guilt of their sin. It's only the blood that set them free. When Jesus died, he died with us and he died for us. So we no longer have to be judged because the judgment of God has already been released on Jesus. Obviously, the Lord still disciplines, but the judgment for the rest of eternity has been dealt with by, hallelujah, our precious Jesus. Whew. I wonder how many of us in this room have held back from doing certain things God called us to do because we felt we were not good enough. And can I tell you this? All of us are not good enough, but Jesus is. And as long as Jesus is good enough and he's on the inside of us, then we are qualified by his grace. Because the Bible says all have sinned and all have fallen short of the glory of God. Yes, it's true. You are nothing, but you are something with him. Amen. You are a joint heir of salvation. You are a child of God. So today, as we move and we transition this discussion about success, we're saying it has to be done through the power of the cross, through the understanding of what he did for us. And his death brought freedom. His death brought benefit. His death brought power. And it's your day to receive it. With every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around, I just want you to take a moment, take an inventory check of yourself. I look at Judas, and Judas ended up committing suicide. And I would venture to say the reason why he did that was because he could not handle the mistake he made in his past. And so he ended up taking his own life. Today, I want to talk to believers and unbelievers that say, Pastor Josh, I don't, I don't struggle with conviction, but I do struggle with condemnation and guilt because of my past mistakes. And can I tell you this? We've all made mistakes. But God, so with every head bowed, every eye closed, this is your opportunity. This is your opportunity, God, I thank you, to get it right with God by accepting the righteousness of Jesus. That's how you get it right. You accept the righteousness of Jesus. So, Lord, we thank you for your cross. One, if that's you, I want you to get ready. By a show of hands, when I count to three, if you say, Pastor Josh, include me in this prayer. I need the grace of God in my life. You used to follow the Lord, but you did something that took you away from him. You're not in close relationship with him anymore. Or maybe something happened in your life that just sidetracked you. This is your moment. 
This is your moment. Number two, you say, Pastor Josh, I don't see the fruit of Jesus produced in my life. Colossians 1.6 talks about fruit. I don't see any fruit, but I want to see fruit. Number three, I'm not sure if I die today, I would go to heaven. Sometimes I am, sometimes I'm not. And then lastly, I believe God has called me to serve here in this ministry. So if that's you, you fit any of those categories, you, you're saved. You believe God's called you to help out in this ministry. This is your moment. This is your hour. Today is the day of salvation and deliverance. God loves you so much, and he wants to change you and transform you. So when I count to three, just slip your hand up. Two, without fear and without shame, slip it up high so I can see it if that's you today. When I say three, raise your hand. We'll, we'll further direct you. Three, slip your hand up if that's you. You say, pray with me, pray for me. I see that hand. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Is there anybody else that say, include me in that prayer? Why don't everybody just stand up on their feet? We're going to pray this prayer together. Hallelujah. For those of you that are helping out, if you could just assemble in the back, and I'll direct to the back. Thank you, Lord. I want you all to pray this with me. Say, Lord Jesus. I thank you for your forgiveness. Lord, I declare that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. 2,000 years ago, you shed your blood. So that was the forgiveness of my sins. Lord, I thank you that from this day forward, I make you ruler. I make you Lord. I make you master. And I receive freedom from condemnation, freedom from the power of sin, freedom from the old covenant. I thank you for the freedom that has been paid for by your sacrifice. I receive it. And now I will walk this journey following you and becoming more like you in the name of Jesus. Come on, everybody say amen. And why don't you give a shout of praise? Why don't you give a shout of praise right there? Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. We at Triad Christian Center pray that you were blessed and empowered to live the super life. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at Triad Christian, on Facebook, Triad Christian Center. And we encourage you to visit our website, triadchristiancenter.org. Until next week, be blessed.